0: Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening.
1: The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at espnau.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll-free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at espnau.com.
0: Hello everybody, welcome into the uh, Wednesday edition of The Drive. I'm getting a little more used to what day it actually is. Yesterday felt like Monday. Since, uh, obviously, Monday was New Year's Day. But it's the Wednesday drive. And as we mentioned yesterday, Dan is on the road with the uh, Troy women's basketball team. He will be gone for the rest of the week. Uh, but, but we are very, very fortunate. Coach Don Dunn is joining me here in the studio today. And, and he's even said he'll come back Friday. Brian Matthews, who's usually on on Monday will uh, will be in tomorrow. I saw Brian over at Auburn Basketball last night as the Tigers uh, roll to another comfortable win, 88-68 over Penn last night. Another outstanding game for Janai Broom. Uh, Chad Baker-Mazzara off the bench with 16 points. And the Tigers now 11-2 as they get ready for the start of conference play Saturday up in Fayetteville. So, we'll talk about last night's game, look ahead toward the uh, conference opener this weekend. But obviously, since we've got uh coach Dunn here in the in the studio, we we will talk a good bit of football as well. Let's uh, uh as we get started. Welcome Coach Don Dunn. Don, happy new year. Same to you. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. Oh yeah. The the last few days uh, I mean it's it's like uh almost Football overload. I mean, it's it's been great, and now I mean we've got the we ha- we do have the Under Armour All America game going on right now. We'll we'll sort of keep an eye as uh, Auburn with uh, um, I think it's four players in this game. It's either four in this one, six in the other one, six in this one, four in the other. I think it's six in this game, and four in the uh, the All American Bowl, which is in San Antonio, and that is where our good friend Jason. Caldwell who's usually with us here in the studio when he's in town uh, that's where Jason is we will talk with Jason here this afternoon but we've got so we have football going on with some future Auburn and uh who knows what all I mean the only thing we know about most of these players is where they're going to start their college careers Don yeah that's true uh, nowadays. It, it
2: ain't like it ain't like it used to be no um in fact on the way over here I heard that Alabama had lost about nine guys today into the portal
0: and I don't know who they were because I just got – One a, of them was their center, Seth McLaughlin. Yeah, bless guy, his guy heart. Str- so, struggle with snaps. Yeah. I mean, apparently I, I didn't realize that going into the Iron Bowl game he'd struggled as much because there were, you know, there, there were stories saying there had been over 25 bad snaps this year.
2: Yeah, that's too bad. It's unfortunate for the young man. Yeah, but you're right, Bill. It is a different time in college football. Uh, it's been a great two weeks. And now it's kind of – all of a sudden it kind of ends except for next Monday night. And uh kind of depressing that <laughs> we don't have more football.
0: Oh yeah, but I'll tell you what, you could not have asked for two more exciting uh semifinal games than we had with uh with, with Michigan and Washington holding off uh Alabama and Texas. I mean it came down to the last play of both games and of course the first one uh overtime. Yeah, it was exciting uh Day of football and even the other bowl
2: games. You know, I was very impressed with the SEC. Tennessee, I thought looked great. Their quarterback, man, no I, kidding. Whoo.
0: Well, that shows why he was a five star. He yes. played like a he played like a five yeah, star. Yeah, so
2: they got to be excited. And then uh, you know, uh, Ole Miss winning, and we and uh,
0: the only disappointments were. Of course, Kentucky and us. And, and I would say I, – I, and, and not just because we're, we're right here, but I, Auburn probably the most disappointing performance of any SEC school. Yeah. Because Tennessee – I mean, because Kentucky and who was the other team? Texas A&M. Yeah. They were, they were in those ball games to the end. You know, to the very end. Right, right.
2: Yeah, I was very disappointed with what happened uh, up in Nashville and uh, just uh, got to regroup, have a great winter. Uh, continue recruiting get those guys faster stronger bigger and um, I'm sure coach will address a lot of those problems that we had and we just gotta stay positive because you got to remember it was his first year oh yeah a lot of people you know you know what have you done for me lately uh, we always talk about that instant gratification but it takes time and uh, with the situation we were in coming into this year
0: yeah now auburn and and we'll uh, we can get into this as well auburn has some Players visiting uh, from different schools, uh, an offensive lineman from Mississippi State, a defensive lineman from Texas A&M, a defensive back from Toledo. Uh, A couple of those guys are on campus today. I believe the offensive lineman from Mississippi State will be in tomorrow. He's at Arkansas, I believe, today. And then we'll be at Auburn. We'll, We'll get into some of those because, yes, now players can start. Today was the first day that transfers can visit campuses they can visit through this you know starting today whereas it is um, next weekend before high school and junior college players can visit so it's a very important time because you've got classes getting started at Auburn and all around the country the spring term is going to get started and you really want if, if at all possible you want those players to be able to go through spring practice yeah no doubt you you, you almost have to have them on campus to go through spring it's just so important it's so hard to wait till summer we'd love for you to join in here on the wet wednesday drive man it is not not a pretty today today is one of those this is what winter feels like a lot it's cold it's not i mean it's not icy cold but it's cold and and wet and that's the kind of cold that just sort of sinks in and it's tough to it's tough to shake You know, shake that cold once you've gotten a little wet in this kind of weather. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, When you get my age,
2: your bones, you can tell the weather's changing. Oh, I can definitely.
0: (laughs) I definitely can. All right. We'd love to hear from you here on the Wednesday edition of The Drive. How can you do so? You can give us a call on The Drive hotline presented by Skybar, and that number is 334-321-1390. You can also text us on the Drive text box, and that is brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And that number is 334-564-1840. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise? Um, as I said, I mean, Auburn's got some players visiting. Uh, let's see. Auburn players, since Auburn played Saturday, players have until tomorrow to enter the portal. It, it's a little confusing because the transfer portal was supposed to have run through January the 2nd. But the NCAA allowed for teams playing in bowl games for players to have five days after their team's last game. So that means that um, you know the teams that played in the semifinals for, for Michigan, Alabama, Washington, Texas, uh, and anybody else who played on New Year's Day, they've got till the 6th, hmm. till this Saturday, so they can, they can go on the portal. So there will be more players entering the portal here over the next few days, and you're going to see um, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of movement from players. And last time I looked, there were over 2,000 players that had entered the portal
2: that is crazy.
0: Since the start of December. Though. That is. It's is, It's insane to think about. And I think we'll have some
2: staff changes, too, throughout the country. I don't think that's close to being over. Oh, no.
0: Now, yeah, what you wonder is when are those going to happen? I mean, sometimes, um, you know, you would expect, well, after the team's bowl game, after the early signing period, sometimes, sometimes those changes aren't made until after the the second signing period in February. But, yeah, we've already seen rumblings. I mean, there were reports over the weekend. I'm up in Nashville, and I see reports that, that Charles Kelly is is leaving Colorado to come to his alma mater here at Auburn. Right. Still have not seen anything official on that. I haven't either. Even- that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It just may mean that the corresponding move or something else like that hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, Auburn does have a spot um, – because Wesley McGriff had been taken off the field. I mean, they, they could move things around, but, uh, it may just be waiting for multiple moves to be announced, but you no, know, there are going to be plenty of changes on staffs and on rosters around the country. Uh, as, as we, as we head on up into the start of the spring terms all across the country, 321 1390. That is the drive hotline. Um, and let's go ahead and get to it. And John is up first. Hey, John.
3: Hey, good afternoon. I was, uh, this may be a redundant question. Uh, what are y'all hearing about Charles Kelly, and what does that mean to you if he is coming?
0: Well, I mean, if, if, if what we've heard is right, that Wesley McGriff is going to Texas A&M, then, I mean, it would, it would sort of seem to follow that Charles, who's been a, a secondary coach for a long, long time, would, would come in and sort of fill that spot. What I wonder, though, since we haven't heard it, is are there some other moves that uh, that we'll have to wait and see? I, I think it was reported that he would be coming to Auburn as a co-defensive coordinator. And, Don, we were talking about this yesterday a little bit. Someone was saying, well, what good is a co-coordinator if you have two? Well, a lot of times you may not have two co-coordinators. There may be a coordinator and then a co-coordinator.
2: Right. Uh you've seen more and more of that now. I think com- com- compared to when I coached even though at one time I was a co-defense coordinator when I was at the University of Pacific. And you got to have good chemistry for one thing. You can't have an ego because you don't want to you want to be on the same page, but it's not uncommon now to have two coordinators. Uh, one might be more you know, sometimes you hear run game right, coordinators right, pass, or passing yeah, pass yeah, defensive that coordinator. Can, that could be possible.
3: I got uh, one more question for the coach, if you get a minute. Sure. Uh, what, coach? What do you blame the lackluster ball performance on? Is that just lack of preparation or not uh, really buying in from the players?
2: You know, John, I, I don't know. I was thinking about that during the game and after the game. Uh, I thought going in we saying you know the players the staff everybody was saying the right things i'd heard we'd had great practices they were excited to be there we didn't have a lot of opt-outs i i don't know the answer to that um, it just we were not ready to play for some reason and it was very obvious with our body language our enthusiasm on the sideline coaches and players just one of those things you hate to see it happen but john i really can't answer
0: that buddy
3: yeah, I know. Uh, I'm getting old. I'll be fifty. or I'm 53 now. But uh,
0: <laughs> uh, you're not getting 80. old. <laughs> you're just yeah, a kid. Yeah. you are old. No, I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs> I think I was in fifth. I think I was in fifth grade in 1981, and uh, during that time, uh, you know, uh, Lionel or uh, Randy Campbell and Lionel James and Bo Jackson, all those guys were my heroes, and I looked up to them. And they were playing for the brand. They were happy to have a scholarship and be competing for schools. They grew up in Alabama primarily, and. Now we've got all these people influxing into the you know universities that's writing a check, and I just don't think there's the same passion there as far as just love for the university.
2: Yeah, uh, we got to get it back, and it's going to take time, and I think you build that by recruiting the right, right type kids like you said, and I think we're getting a lot more in-state kids, which should help that.
3: All right. I appreciate your time. Thank you.
0: Appreciate your call, John. And we're underway here on the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Again, we'll be uh, checking in with Jason Caldwell. He's in San Antonio, the site of the All-American Bowl. Formerly, that was the that used to be the Army All-America game. Yes. Uh, and and uh, uh, Auburn's got a few players in that one. And, of course, there's there's one that Auburn, another one that Auburn would love to add. Ryan Williams in that one as well. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll sort of take a look at, at the players on the rosters. I see that it uh, looks like we have a pretty much a blowout here going on in the Under Armour All-America game. 33-3, <laughs> Team Ice is leading Team Fire. We'll look at some of the players on those rosters. I'd uh, love to hear from you. We'll check in with Jason as we continue here on the Wednesday edition of The Drive.
1: They're all about HuntNAU.com. To be a part of the Drive, call 334 321 1390 Toll-free at 888 382 7502 Or email us at the drive at espnau.com.
0: Welcome back into the drive, 20 minutes after four o'clock here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Coach Don Dunn here in the studio, Drew at the controls. We'd love for you to join in. On the uh, drive hotline, All one thirteen ninety. All right, uh, I have not been able to watch much of this because the game, the Under Armour All American game, started at, at three o'clock and uh, sort of was en route from the office to uh, to home and then back over here. But it has been all ice. I didn't really, I mean, there is four minutes and nineteen seconds to go in the first half, and it's thirty three to three ice. <laughs> And the not-so-exciting news is that I haven't seen any numbers on the stats or anything on this game. But all six of the Auburn signees that are in this ballgame are on Team Fire, (laughs) which is trailing 33-3. to I would say, I guess the good news is Towns Magoo is the kicker for Team Fire. So uh, I I would imagine he's accounted for the only points for (laughs) for their side thus far. But, man, as I've just watched here over the last few minutes, the line of scrimmage being completely dominated by the, uh, the the team in white, that is Team Ice. All right, we will uh, get back to the drive hotline, and Yellowhammer is up next. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon. Um, I wanted to give you
4: my impression of the
0: Auburn-Maryland game and see what you and Coach Dunn
4: think about what I'm saying. Uh, sure. So, you know, sometimes I see a game and I'm thinking, I know what's going to happen before it even played. And I felt that way about this game. What happened is what I thought would happen for the following reasons. I thought on the one hand, uh, we have the situation where you have a quarterback and 10 other people. So if we look at their team, they had second team quarterback, but he's taking snaps all year, but he's got a really quality 10 group to work with. We have kind of a, you know, meh, just a group of 10 and so I'm just – my point is a quarterback's performance is going to be directly related to those ten people and how they perform. And if it's kind of just lackluster, well, the quarterback's not going to look all that good. And then on the other hand, you know, they've got a defensive backfield that practice all year long against a really polished offense. And we've got a bunch of n- new guys back there who have, <laughs> haven't worked together at all. And so, I mean, that just spells what happened, I think.
2: Yeah, uh, you're right on a lot of those uh, points you just made. I I did not realize how inexperienced and young we were in the secondary until I started watching the game. And, um, you know, they are a throwing team, and and their head coach is known to put the ball in the air. And I think you're right on a lot of those points, Yellowhammer.
0: The I I mean, Auburn – I was going to say Auburn had a little more experience. You know, I think it was a bit of a surprise when we saw Zion Puckett out there, weren't sure if we were going to see him. Um, what I was, what I was really disappointed with, and and Yellowhammer is, and something I mentioned to uh, to Coach Dunn here during the break, is how Auburn was really handled with relative ease at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Now, what I don't know is how you know uh, Coach Freeze talked about how that the entire team had had, you know, flu-like symptoms. And, um, you know, we heard that Peyton Thorne didn't really even practice the week leading up to the game, the week before they they went up to Nashville. So I don't know how um, – you know, I don't know how sick those guys had been. But if you've had something like the flu, uh, Don, you can talk oh, yeah, about I this. I mean, it, I mean, even when you're cleared – You're just so weak and drained, and and, and that's what it—that's what it looked like. You know, in hindsight, I mean, Auburn got pushed around like they, you know, weren't at full
2: strength at all. Yeah, that and the fact that you know you got to have practice time, and if you, especially, take your quarterback out for three or four days, it messes up your rhythm, your timing. So it was unfortunate. Uh, You know, we just didn't play well for whatever reason.
4: Well, the good thing is, of course, uh, the uh, we have. Been said to not have a very good group of receivers, but Coach Dunn is our Coach, uh, excuse me, Freeze has gone out and done that. Got some receivers, and and you know is just uh, recruiting into what has been kind of a void. And so we're improving, and I think he's done a great job. Uh, I would give him a full blown A, except for that New Mexico State thing. I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, well, as a
0: matter <laughs> of fact, yeah, well, you know, it's <laughs> funny. I, I was I was on a show down in Mobile this morning and was asked about the grade, and I said it's got to be incomplete right now because, I mean, you've got to be concerned over um, the performances against New Mexico State and Maryland. We don't know the extenuating circumstances, don't know everything that went into those, but um, the, you know Auburn didn't really beat a – I don't know. What, what was Auburn's best win this year? I uh, say maybe on the road at Cal. Probably, because probably, that's a tough trip. And... Did Did Auburn beat a team that ended up the season with a winning record? I don't know that they did. Cal may maybe Cal finished a game over five hundred, um, so that's probably the concern. But but there's no doubt that the talent level has has been improved. I thought that um, that Auburn Hugh Freeze did a very good job in the transfer portal a year ago, and has done an excellent job with the early signing period so i mean those are positives now we've got to see you know that turnover into a results on the field and more consistency there on the field
4: all righty well thanks enjoy the show
0: thank you appreciate the, oh okay <laughs> uh jack texts said and it's, it's Samford finished six and five, so that's the only that's the only team with a winning record that Albert beat. So I mean, eh, you know. But again, with what he had when he took over, uh, I don't know that you know. I mean, I think everyone had pretty much said around six or seven wins mm-hmm. is is what would would be about you know, the, the, the most most people would expect. Now, I think a lot of us thought they could, they could sneak one here or there, get, get to seven or eight, and I still think Auburn could have. I mean, mm-hmm. don't tell me that, that Auburn's not talented enough to beat Maryland or New Mexico State. They are. Right, right. Uh, so, I mean, get those, you're eight and five, and, and wow, what a first year. But, mm-hmm. again, it's year one, and uh, the, the, the roster is still being shaped. We will see what the, uh, you know, how the coaching staff is as they head into spring ball and more. We'd love for you to join in. 334-321-1390. That's the uh, drive hotline sponsored by Skybar. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, uh, Don, uh, we mentioned uh, the, the semifinal games there, the, uh, the Maryland overtime, the Michigan overtime win mm-hmm. over uh, over Alabama, and then that Washington and Texas game, did you did you stay up and watch the, I end did of the Washington not Texas watch game? the
2: end of it. My wife woke up. She said, "Right on the last play," and told me about. it. But I did watch some of the replay. Oh, it was
0: unbelievable yeah. that it got there. I mean, it yeah. looked like at one point uh. it looked like all right, it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't anything. It didn't feel anything like that Alabama Michigan game, but it came down. To, did you now? We talked about this a little yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on the play that nearly cost Washington a chance to play for the championship. And that's when their running back, Dylan Johnson, an outstanding running back, started his career, uh, well, actually transferred to, to Washington from Mississippi State. And he was playing with a bad foot. And it was bothering him. You can see it was bothering him the whole game. And he gets the ball on, I guess it was a second down play with the uh, clock, it may have been third down, but but with the clock running down and came you know after the play didn't get up and so the clock stops but then under you know under the rules that we have the clock doesn't start until the ball is snapped mm-hmm. and um Texas only had one timeout left they would have had to have used that timeout had Dylan Johnson not been injured and if they got the ball back at all, they would have had maybe 15 seconds. As it turned out, because of that, they make a stop on the next play, call timeout, get the ball back with 45 seconds, move it all the way down to the 12-yard line. Right. Um, that's something I think that's going to have to change. I understand the, the NCAA has rules for trying to penalize teams for trying to get the clock stopped but this is a completely different situation when the team that's ahead has a player go down they don't want the clock to stop no i think
2: you're right i think that will be addressed in the offseason as a you know maybe you know get the kid off and then wind the clock right cuz that you're right they gave them a, a great opportunity texas
0: or at least uh, i mean if the clock i'm trying to remember there were 32 it ended up being 32 seconds that Uh, that were left on the play clock. They stopped it, It had started at 40 and got it to 32. Yes, what they should do is put the ball, whistle the ball back in play with 32, and if the team wants to let the clock run all the way down to a second, they'd be able to at least run that other time off. Right, right. I think it'll be addressed. I really do. All right, we will get to our bottom of the hour break. Love to hear from you. We will effort Jason Caldwell, see when the best time for him is. But we'd love for you to join in as we continue here with the Wednesday edition of The Drive.
1: With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, wet Wednesday here in Auburn. Let's uh, check in with our, with our correspondent, in San Antonio, Jason Caldwell traveling all over the place. Jason, how's the weather out there? Yeah, it was uh, it
5: was wet all day yesterday. We actually had thunderstorms last night, oh. like actual lightning here in, in uh, January, but uh, it's been wet. It's still cool today. Supposed to, be, uh, supposed to be warmer tomorrow, warm up a little bit, heading into the weekend for the game on Saturday, but... Um, not too bad. We're in the dome pretty much all day today, so not not too bad.
0: Uh, that's that's good. Jason Caldwell, of course, from twenty four seven Sports Auburn Undercover, who was up in Nashville for that debacle this this past Saturday, but now in San Antonio, that is the site of the All American Bowl, formerly the the U.S. Army All America Game, where Auburn has four participants in that one, right? Yeah, uh, I, think, I think
5: we got four or five guys here this week. I think it's five. Yeah, so we got. The Walker White DeAndre Carter on the West team.
0: Oh, okay. Number I missed. East, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I missed. That's right. It is. It's three on yep. the East, two on the West. My bad. Correct. Yeah. And would like to Martin. add another for, that's on the West, right?
5: Uh, I don't know if there's anybody else here that Auburn is is attempting to recruit. The only one, the only guy, really, guy that's left is playing is Ryan Williams playing in the Under Armour oh, game. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, yep. So other than that, it's it's going to be a yeah, five five here, five in Orlando. Um. So uh, you know, about half the class or so playing in in all star games, uh, which is a pretty good sign when you when you think about the uh, the amount of talent that's coming in.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I mean uh, that that that's something we were just talking about a few minutes ago. There's, um, you know, I, I know folks aren't thrilled with the way things wrapped up and and losing losing the last three games and feeling like they should have won you know, the New Mexico State and the Maryland games. Uh, Jason, one of the things we were talking about a little while ago, and, and Coach Freeze was talking about this, um, you know, before the game, and there hadn't been as much talk about it, but I really wonder, you know, how how close to full strength or how far off full strength uh, a lot of the players were because of the, the flu-like uh, illness that had run through the team. Yeah, um, yeah,
5: I, I can you it real quick for me, Bill? Sorry.
6: Yeah,
0: I was just I was just wondering, Jason, about you know how how strong those guys were after so many players had flu-like symptoms. I, I, I wonder
5: about that too. Uh, nobody really talked about it. Didn't use an excuse after the game. Nobody actually ever, ever even brought it up. And I was thinking about it. Even you know Peyton Thorne's the guy that only practiced a couple of times. Right. Uh, he practiced. I think the first day of practice on campus. And then I don't think he practiced again until. Up there in, uh, you know, in Nashville, but we don't know all the other ones. We know Avery Jones didn't play um, in, in the game, um, so who else was involved? You know, we don't know the extent of it, but we do know that there were several guys that were involved and, and, and were sick. So nobody ever uses an excuse, but I think it, it obviously had some kind of an impact for sure. I don't think it made a difference between winning or losing, but. I think it had an impact on some guys individually, for sure.
0: Yeah, because I, I was I was surprised at how Maryland um, seemed to control the lines of scrimmage on both sides.
5: Yeah, I thought, you know, not I wasn't really surprised defensively. Um, you know, we've seen this Auburn defensive front, and you now here's the thing: they only had 84 yards after the first right. first quarter, and so um, a missed tackle. Um, and a big play over the top, and you should have had a a possession that ended in a turnover and didn't. And so those are really. other than that, the defensive front and the defense really played pretty well. The offensive line I thought was very similar to New Mexico State. I thought you saw two teams that said, hey, you know what? We're not good enough to play straight up and stop your run game, so we're going to try to make sure we do everything we can to not let you run the football. And once you take that away, this team's not good – they weren't good enough to throw the football against anybody really. Uh, Alabama, I thought, played pretty much straight up and allowed Auburn to run the football. They didn't stack the line of scrimmage. They didn't do a whole lot of that stuff. I thought Maryland was aggressive and said, "Hey, we're going to blitz. We're going to run blitz on first down. We're going to do some of those things," and it really took anything you know that, that Auburn had in the run game out. And so I thought, I quite honestly, and, and me and Christian were talking about this, Christian Clemente, and I said, I honestly think the the offensive lineup that was on the field from you know, I, not even really just offense. The 22 guys that started and, and the guys that played in that game, I thought it was probably from an inexperienced and just straight up talent standpoint. That was about as, as weak as, as an Auburn team I can remember in a long time. Um, and, and it showed up. Um, when you take away, I mean, they defensively, like I said, they end up playing pretty well, but you take away, Take away those those playmakers and Jalen Simpson and the two corners and Marcus Harris, and it had an impact early on, I thought. Offensively, you know, Javaris Johnson was quite honestly the only playmaker that had a wide receiver for much of the year. And when you took him, you know, and Malcolm Johnson was a guy that started and, and had been a pretty key guy for them. You take those guys away from an offense that already wasn't very good throwing the football, and I thought it was about as futile an effort trying to throw the football as I can remember.
0: Uh, You're you're right about that. Now um, the, the, the talent level is definitely picked up. That's one of the things we were talking about As yes, as, as uh, disappointed as folks might be with some of the things they saw there on the field, there is going to be another big influx of talent. I thought, I thought that uh, coach freeze and the staff did a really good job in the portal this past year with recruiting now. And now it's a very important time to uh, to try to add more from the portal. And we see players already coming in and, and visiting here on the first day of the uh, uh, the visiting period for uh, for the portalers, I guess you'd call them. Yeah, you know, there's a uh,
5: few guys on campus. Nathan King is handling that for us. Uh, you know, back there, I know um, you know, offensive tackle from Mississippi State is the guy that's expected to visit. Yep. Big defensive tackle from NC State. I mean, if not, excuse me, from Texas A&M, Isaiah Rakes is a kid that I think is already on campus now, and so – couple of those guys in, and, and, you know, who knows what this the next two or three days will look like. No kidding. This is going to be a wild time. We saw it, you know, last year a little bit, um, you know, kind of that last, those last few days. And we, we've seen so many new names that came in even today and how much that impacts things moving forward. And um, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a pretty wild next couple of days for these teams that have been in bowl games, teams that still have – You know some of these uh, spots available. Still looking to shore things up, and I think for Auburn, I think a lot of focus on the defensive line, interior defensive line, and obviously trying to add a couple offensive line guys is going to be really important. We'll see what happens at quarterback. Um, You know, and obviously Caden Salter is a guy that kind of everybody's going. Hey, is that the guy? Will that be the guy? Um, It's hard to find out because everything's pretty quiet right now.
0: Yeah, you're right, and I mean that's that's something that obviously. I think um, a public opinion maybe uh, changed quite a bit because of the ball game and because of comments from Coach Freeze after the game. Because, I mean, leading up to the game, it had been pretty much, um, you know, Peyton's the, Peyton's the guy. Uh, or we don't need to go into the portal and be throwing money at quarterbacks and things like that. And then after the game, I uh, left it you know, sounding like, well, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, and it's sure. really
5: interesting because it went it was more of we're gonna have a battle, and and you know that battle will be kind of the guys we got, and then it kind of okay. There's a little interest again in Cam Ward from from folks talking yeah. outside, and that'd be a possibility again, and then it opened back up again. And the the interesting thing is to me is that at, I'm not really sure the ball game was any different than than the whole season, um, and so it was kind of a little bit a little bit off taking for me that they go okay the bowl game changed
1: that much
5: of what we'd already seen it didn't I thought again I I thought there wasn't much of a chance to be successful throwing the football in the bowl game because of, of the wide receiver group that that was still there and so I thought it made it really difficult in those situations but um I maybe been hey just take a deep breath and look at it again let's go do something different we'll see if they do uh you know I there's a lot of speculation about that. Will they go get a guy? Is there a guy? I I, I wouldn't be shocked if they try to go get somebody. And the, the
1: question is, would it be who? I mean, Caden
5: Salter is obviously a guy that you think, okay, there's a connection with Liberty and, and there's connections. Right. To, but do, we don't know if that's a guy or not, or if that's mm-hmm. the guy that it would be, or if there's somebody out there. I mean, um, those are the things that, that because of this, the portal is so much more secret. Than recruiting recruiting is months and, and months and right. months of time and guys visiting right now if you're a guy that's visiting from the portal of your school and you go hey this guy's got two visits you know you, you, you don't want the other school to find out that guy's visiting you because you don't want him you want to hey you want to get him first
0: in recruiting you always want to get him last
4: Portal, you want to get him first
5: you want to get the guy to, to visit first and go, Hey, that's where I want to go. I'm done. I'm not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, because else. So, they can go ahead yeah. and do it right then. They can they can say that's, that's it, correct. it's done. Whereas it's in, over with. Yeah, in, in, in recruiting high schoolers, exactly. first of all, it's not like, oh, all of a sudden this guy's available. Because that's the other thing. In the transfer portal, there could there can still be players entering the portal here over the next few days. Yes, correct.
5: And that's the thing, is like in, in, in recruiting, you know. Here it is. Here's all the guys available and they've all been available their whole lives. You've you pointed to this class for years, Ron Williams and guys that reclassify are an exception. This one's much different. Bam, you look up and you go, okay, that's the guy we want.
0: Okay, now he's available.
5: Can we get him on a visit? Can we get him to go ahead and sign and be done with it? I mean, boy, it's, just, it's such a different world. And When we saw yesterday, and I, I tweeted, I said, get me off this ride. But we saw a kid that, that signed with Texas A&M, started his career at Texas A&M, went to LSU this year. Is in the transfer portal and is now taking a visit to Texas A this weekend. Going back to visit the school he was at for a year. I'm like, it, I don't know. It's just very, it's very strange. And um, I mean, it's not going to change, but people and myself included, just going to have to get used to the differences in this. And it's going to be hard to get used to some of this.
0: Oh, it is because it's it's unlike anything in any other sport at any i mean at any other level in the professional levels, you can't just be going back and forth and back and forth or to different different teams every year. there are contracts, and you know you you wonder and I keep hearing people say, well there're going to be contracts well who's gonna who's gonna come up with that legislation that says there has to be a contract that could be multi years i mean i I don't know who's gonna try that but but yeah, we are in wild, wild times right now, and uh yeah, just hang on. I mean, I don't uh, uh, I, I don't envy anybody who's trying to keep up with everybody in the portal. This is why you need huge staffs at every school just trying to keep up with everyone and having evaluations on possible players. And there have got to be some that you don't – you didn't expect to go in the portal and all of a sudden you're there.
5: Correct. No, there, there's going to be guys that you didn't expect in the portal – there's gonna be guys from small schools that you might have learned about because hey, here's an NFL guy that said, "Hey, look, this guy's he's on our radar as a potential NFL guy. Maybe he could be at the Senior Bowl in another year, and and he's playing at a small school." I mean, there's so much of it, and, and there's so much of that unknown. You're right. Staffs have to be so much larger because you can't you can't do it. Coach can't do it. Coach, The coach can't even scratch the surface. If you're, no. if it was like it was. You know, 15 years ago and you had position coaches and two GAs and that was it, you you would have no chance to succeed. Zero. Um, now you have to have everybody involved off the field. You're right, because you, you better already have already gotten the book down and made the decision on whether you want to offer of a transfer guy within five minutes.
0: You know, I was if, thinking – go ahead, Jason. Yeah,
5: if it's, if it's after five minutes, then it's almost too late because they're going to have 30 offers within 30 seconds. Sometimes you better have a decision made within a few minutes. Oh, you're you're if it right. Takes you, if it takes you 24 hours. That guy may already he may already be on a visit somewhere else.
0: this You know, I was thinking about this just with the uh, with, with how odd the portal really is, and and how it extends for five days beyond teams' last games. You've got situations here. All right, where and, and again, I'm not saying this is happening, but if Auburn decides, all right, we're gonna we're going to pursue uh, another quarterback, and they get him in this weekend. It's too late for the quarterbacks that are here to go in the portal because the deadline for Auburn's portal is Thursday. I mean, it's one of those things where you can you're, you're recruiting players, you're trying to keep players. You can you can almost force guys to be around for spring. If you wait to really pursue players after the deadline is for your guys to get in the portal.
1: Yeah,
5: no, it's it's uh, once again the the timing it's, it's terrible. All this it's just it's just all off and and are looking at it. You know, and depending on if you're played in a bowl game, you have a couple extra days that you can have um for guys go in the portal so it's different for you than it is for other teams and I I, mean, I don't I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how this thing, but it has to get fixed. And, you know, this December time frame with the portal and with signing day and, and all the things that's going on, and Hugh Priest talked about it, but it's absolute insanity, and, and it and it doesn't work. It, it can't work, and I don't know how to fix it other than going moving up the signing day to August um, because in reality now it doesn't matter anyway. If a kid signs and a coach leaves, they're going to get out of it, even if it's the day before the season starts. It doesn't really matter. Um, And so you might as well go ahead and have guys sign if they want to early because it's it's going to change in some form or fashion. I mean, right now, if a position coach leaves and a guy says, hey, that was my guy. He recruited me since I was in the ninth grade. I went there because of him, somebody, you're probably going to get out of that commitment. Um, It's just, it's just, the craziness of the world we live in right now. Well,
0: I know you've always been a proponent, uh, J- J- Don. Jason's long been a proponent of if a player knows where they want to go, let them sign. Doesn't matter. Don't have to have a signing period. I mean, if they want to talk about treating athletes like students, students don't have to wait until a certain date to declare where they're going to go to school. Right. I, I, I wish, I, I
5: think it would clear up some stuff. You go,
2: hey, I'm ready to sign.
5: And if the guy says, look, this is where I think I want to go, but I still want to take some visits. That guy can stay committed, and he doesn't have to sign. But it it would at least let some guys go, hey, I know where I'm going. You know, Coach, you don't have to worry about me. I'm going to go ahead and sign. I'm done. That's the hard part of this now. And and here's the thing, and I I know the other side of it because
1: we talked about
5: this, and, like, you know, some kids that know in July, it changes in December. Like I said, well – it's that, that's, that's the way this thing's going to work. And if it does, then that's why it's the ones you go, hey, look, you signed, you better know, this is it. You're going because of the school. It's not because of the coaching staff. This is where you want to go to school. And so it, it wouldn't be a bunch, but if a guy wants to sign and he's ready to go in September, have at it. Um, I, I think it would be better than it is now um, than having to wait till December and At least you could get some of those guys already done. They wouldn't have to worry about it. The coaches wouldn't have to worry about it. And you could start to at least fill in some of those blanks.
0: Jason Caldwell in San Antonio, where the All-American Bowl coming up on Saturday. What have you had a chance to see, Jason, and and who's caught your eye?
5: Yeah, um, you I obviously watched a lot of the Auburn guys the first two days. I
4: thought Walker White had
5: a really good day today. We didn't get to see him yesterday. We were in with the East team yesterday. Walker was really good today throwing the football. I thought he – He's poised, and it, the national guys
1: that <clears throat> have gotten a chance to be around
5: him some this week have all talked about what he brings to the table. And There's been some Will Levis comparisons for Walker. That's a pretty good huh, comparison to yeah. have. Um, and, and, and you know, we talked to some of our national guys and said, hey, we saw him here two years ago, and, you know, we need, need to tighten up things. You know, he's really talented and athletic and strong arm, but he's so – so much tighter in his game now. And his ability to throw the football and the accuracy part of his game, and stuff. He just looks in control. And you know, when you're doing that, when in, in an All-Star game and you're stepping up there and you're moving guys around, I think that's been probably the most impressive part of it for Walker. But
1: DeAndre Carter is
5: a really interesting, you know, modern-day offensive lineman. They got him playing some left tackle. He'll be a guard at Auburn, but he if you if you roll guys out there. His body type is not going to be the one that wows you. He's not going to look like a bodybuilder, but you put him on the football field, and he just plays like he is really good. He's been good. He was good today. Um, so impressive to watch those guys. I tell you what, um, Amaris Williams, you know, defensive lineman from from North Carolina and uh-huh. Auburn, slipped Florida there late, is every bit of of what you want at that position. He, I think, he checked in at six is it like 257 right now. My guess is he'll play it at, at 265 as a true defensive end, kind of like Keldrick Fault did this year. But he is explosive. He is quick and physical. Um, I think he'll be a guy down the road that probably weighs 285 pounds and is that quick, explosive, Marcus Harris-type defensive tackle. That's what I think he'll be. Good player. Obviously, DeMarcus Riddick I've seen a bunch of. Mm-hmm.
1: And then Kinsley Fauston
5: is – is kind of like a Jalen Simpson type, um, you know, undersized safety, but just kind of heady, knows where to go. I ain't going to be tough for him to play in year one, uh, but he's a competitor and has good ball skills. So It'll be fun to watch. But it's been, uh, been a good, good couple of days so far and still got a few more left.
0: Yeah, it's great to, as you mentioned, it's great to see so many uh, signees here in these, in, in these all-star games and uh, – because it had been a while. I mean, I used to really love watching these. Of course, some of these were back before we had the early siding period, though, Jason. And, and it was really cool because these guys may have been committed, but you still didn't know exactly where they were all going to go.
5: Yeah, it's different now. You're right. There was, there was suspense back then. Um, now it's about watching guys. And, you know, like this week,
1: um,
5: you know, DeMarcus Sernick and Kensley Fauson are, are rooming together. So you're getting started.
0: On the next crop of guys
5: already together, and you're right. I mean, it's been a long time since we had to worry about all-star games. To be quite honest. Um, oh yeah,
0: and now you got to send and, folks and so, to both places. It's great. You guys got yeah, a bigger staff.
5: Yeah, Christian's been to both. He went to Orlando and then out here out here as well. So turned around after a day and came to San Antonio. And so, um, yeah, able to go out and, and you know, when you get five or six guys at a time, it makes it worthwhile. And um, you know, just like I said, looking forward to. Seeing uh, you know kind of how this thing finishes off, and for them, you know what the portal looks like now moving forward.
0: Jason, great stuff. Really appreciate you spending some time with us. Let everybody know how they can keep up with. I mean, everything you guys have got it all covered. With basketball, uh, you got uh, portal recruiting. Uh, you got All America games, and the bowl game just wrapped up.
5: Yep, like I said, got a lot going on. Uh, check us out at, at, at uh, you know two four seven there for Auburn Undercover, and you can also follow me on Twitter at itatj.
0: All right, Jason, thanks a lot, man. Uh, hopefully the, the weather and everything holds up for you and have a good trip back. Thanks, guys, appreciate it. All right, Jason Caldwell joining us as he does on Wednesdays. He's out in San Antonio where the uh, All-America Bowl coming up Saturday. Uh, we are about done here with hour number one. Stick around with us. We'd love for you to join in here on the Wednesday Drive. Yeah, I just basketball season is finally here. and You know what that means. Tiger Takes, presented by Austin Brook Law Group, is back on ESPN 1067. The drive
1: at espnau.com.
0: Welcome into hour number 2 of the Wednesday Drive. Bill, Coach Don Don here in the studio. We've got Drew once again at the controls. Love for you to join in as we get things underway for the second hour of the show and once again hour number 2 of the Drive, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And you can join us on the Drive hotline which is presented by Skybar and that number 334-1390. And let's, uh, let's go ahead and get to it because Terry had called in just as we were getting connected with Jason Caldwell in hour number one, and he's back with us. Hey, Terry, how you doing today?
7: Doing great, Bill. Coach Dunn, happy New Year to you all.
0: Thank you. Same to you.
7: Um, you a little jealous of Jason, but there's San Antonio. San Antonio is just a great place. Bill, do you remember when I called you from San Antonio years ago?
0: I do. <laughs> okay.
7: Yeah. Great place. Just a fantastic place. I want to ask you guys a question. We've heard all about this receiving class Auburn has coming in. Great class. Awesome class. They have to play. They need to play. They have to play. But don't you think it would be a good idea to start there off with a young quarterback if they can establish that togetherness, that rapport, that to get the teammates, that, that the quarterbacks and receivers have to have to be on the same page?
0: I don't know. I mean, I think it would be beneficial for – for them to have somebody out there with the guys that are here, Cam Coleman and uh, I guess Cam and and Bryce are the guys that are going to be going through spring. So, I mean, it would be good for them to have somebody working with them right now, but I don't know that it necessarily has to be a young guy. I mean, sure. It'd be great to have young guys come along, but you know, it's less likely that a young quarterback is going to be ready to, to um, you know, to, to face the weekend week out competition he's going to in the SEC than a more experienced quarterback.
7: Well, I mean I I thought, you know, that that Peyton goes through the spring and goes to the offseason season, maybe get a little better. I just don't have any hope for him. I just I think he's a seven win quarterback at best. And and we'll we'll just to get Auburn through that tough period. I think Hank Brown showed more promise than people are giving him credit. And
0: I think I think Hank did Hank did show a good bit of promise. I mean I don't know exactly, you know, how Maryland was playing there uh, at the end of the game, and who all they had in the game, but I liked his poise. I liked the the way he delivered the ball. I mean, um, I I do think that you know Coach Freeze talked about it being it, it the jobs wide open, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how things go regardless of you know who the competitors are out there this spring.
7: And, and even the receivers also speaking, he's also going to be the guy turning hand that off to Cobb in the future.
0: That is true. So, so yeah, why not
7: why not play him? I mean, it just makes it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, it'll okay, be you take care.
0: Appreciate the call, Terry. It really will be interesting as we were talking with Jason there. I mean, um, a week ago, um, I don't think I don't think there are many folks that were, would have said, "Oh, Auburn might go after a quarterback in the portal." Yeah. Now, I mean, you don't know. Maybe they won't, but maybe they will. I mean, we we just really just really don't know. I mean, I, I have not completely written off Peyton Thorne. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yes, he he struggled, but a lot of people struggled, and and like Jason said, he hardly practiced because he missed time being sick up there in Nashville. Uh, now that uh, you know, may, maybe his eyes were a little burned; he didn't see the guy out there on the pick six. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it, it wasn't all Peyton. No, there in that ball game in the ne- box. It's
2: like you said, Bill. It's never one guy, and he has to have people to get the ball to that can make plays. That- you know, get open, uh, stretch the field, uh, do a good job in space. So, I I don't want to give up on any of these guys right now. Uh, and and I believe, like you said, if there is a quarterback out there that we have a chance to get, that's going to make a difference. Right. Not just take somebody to be taking them.
0: No, you, you don't need yeah. to bring someone in that you don't know or just feel sure that is an
2: upgrade. Right. It has to make it that they have to make a difference and, and improve us for sure.
0: 334 321 1390 that's the drive hotline. You can also text us on the drive text box, and thats 334 is 34-564-1840. 3, 3, yeah, the Under Armour All-America game going on right now, and it is a route. Team ICE. <laughs> And and I had like I said I had not watched this early. Just going back and looking at some of the uh, recaps of the uh, game, they have just started the second half. And and if uh, I think while we were talking with Terry, Team Ice scored again. I believe it's uh, around forty to three right now, early in the third quarter. Uh, Towns Magoo, the Auburn High product, uh, has accounted for all the points for Team Fire. All of Auburn's players, all of Auburn's signees, are on Team Fire there had been six players on the uh on, on team fire but jamante waller uh is not playing in the game i believe he's already at auburn and uh decided not to play there in the Under Armour game he is a guy that's going to get a long long look there at edge he is a uh, an outstanding pass rusher well they probably could have used that i'll tell you what the uh what Team Fire could have used. Team Fire could have used some, some help on the offensive line. Yeah. My goodness, the uh, Team Fire quarterbacks are running for their lives. I mean, we've seen some of that before. And as a result, it's hard to have time to stand back there. And when you've got those big receivers, Perry Thompson, Cam Coleman, are receivers on, uh, on Team Fire, and the quarterback's just not having enough time to try to get the ball to them. Uh, also on the team, let's see, for, uh, for Team Fire, you've got defensive backs uh, Jalen Crawford and uh, Amon Lane-Ganis, and, uh, and then I mentioned Towns Magoo. So those are the five players that are there on, uh, on Team Fire in the Under Armour All-America game, which is, uh, which is a runaway right now three three four three two one thirteen ninety had love to get some uh some some thoughts from folks that were at the basketball game last night another good crowd the uh, i think it was the 45th straight sellout now sure there were some there were some empty seats because students aren't back and you know folks had the opportunity to move down i believe dan was sitting behind the goal last night that's what he, he texted me i was uh back and forth between our regular seats and the uh, the press area last night uh, for that 88-68 win over Penn. Again, Auburn's depth is just so impressive, and you have so many different players that can step up and have big ball games. I mean, Chad Baker-Mazzara has really been getting better and better as the season goes on, but, I mean, last night um, Penn starts to make a little run. CBM hits a three. He is uh, he is such a disruptor defensively. Katie Johnson played very well last night. Auburn got excellent play from its uh, from its bench. I hate to call them. I mean, it's like it's the the other five. I mean, not they they may not have been the ones that started, but I really thought that when um, you know when Trey Donaldson and KD and Chad Baker Mazzara and Cheney Johnson and Dylan Cardwell came in the ballgame, it's like Auburn just took it up another notch. And uh, Penn had no answer. The Quakers, I think, very wisely decided to try to sag everything in last night and trying to keep Janai and Jalen from dominating the way they have the last few ball games. and Auburn just started off on fire from outside, hit five of their first seven and uh, hit 10 threes in the first half and forced Penn to have to try to play more honest, and then Auburn dominated inside. Yeah, the big man had two threes, what, in the first six minutes? Yeah, had three on the night, <laughs> yeah. which uh, set a set a new career high for yeah, him. Yeah,
2: that's, that's amazing. Yeah, they, they got a good ball club. Uh, and, I, and I'm like you, I don't see any drop-off from the first five, even into the next six or seven players they play. And that's just a plus. Oh, it, it, it's it a, is. It's such a long, hard season. In the SEC on the road, you're going to need that depth. But uh, as long as you can defend, which Coach does a great job, yes, they, of yes they teaching do. defense. You've got a chance.
0: Three three four three two one thirteen ninety thirty nine three. By the way, is the score of the uh, Under Armour All America game with Team Ice uh, <laughs> freezing the fire, if you will? <laughs> right now, let's get to the uh, let's get to the uh, drive hotline. And Spectre is up next. Hey, Spectre.
6: Well, uh watching that game, the All-American game there, you can get an idea what Auburn's been going through fire.
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, their their offensive line, uh, Auburn's offensive line, the only game that Auburn played this year that even came close to resembling that a little bit was the Maryland game. Uh I thought Auburn's uh, offensive line was was better this year, but uh yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're struggling today.
6: Yeah, that's, that's why it's so important that we get an offensive line that can support these kids coming in. Because I've said it, and I'll say it again, that uh, if we don't get the support for these kids coming in, you're going to see a portal overflow.
0: Well, I think you run that you run that risk everywhere. I mean, at the schools that have all the talent, you're seeing, you know, players from Alabama and Georgia that aren't that aren't in the regular rotation going, Hey, I gotta find some place to play. And then players on teams that aren't winning as much as the players expect are getting into the portal. I mean, that's something you just gotta be ready for anywhere. So um I wonder about this, Don, is is this this probably is going to um, force coaches to, to think about playing kids even earlier than, than, than maybe you used to. Yeah, uh, probably so. Uh,
2: it's a tough situation, and like I said, I miss coaching, but I don't miss what these guys are going
0: through. You didn't have to worry so much about keeping them happy. No. and uh, I mean, you don't want them unhappy, but you know what I mean. Right, I mean, right. but you're right. If you've got a kid that's you
2: know going to be a good player, you probably need to get him in there and so he
0: does I'm sorry go
2: ahead' y'all
6: talking y'all talking about the offensive line right
0: I'm talking about any player on the team now if they come in they come in expecting to play and they don't play they're gonna be gone
6: well yeah that that's true you're you right about that but the chances of him hitting the portal even worse is is getting on a team that can't support what they're what they're there for
2: yeah that's true uh it's just uh, <laughs> We got to get better in both sides of the uh, in the trenches. We got to get better defensive line, like
0: Bill mentioned a minute ago, and we have to keep improving on the offensive line. I think it's interesting, Specter, that Auburn's got a, uh, a defensive lineman from Texas A&M, a big nose uh, tackle who's in this weekend. Oh, he's in right now. I, I can't say weekend. I mean, when you think about transfer portal, they're in for a day. They're going to be in another school tomorrow, then another school the next day, because they're trying to hit as many schools as possible and make up their mind before classes get started in the next week or so. They've got a huge offensive lineman from Mississippi State um, who's like 6'8", 350, who is uh, expected to be in tomorrow? And and sure, they'd love to get both of those guys because they're they're really looking for help on the line of scrimmage. Well,
6: I asked this earlier on another show, but um, that LSU lineman—is there any talk about him making a visit?
0: Which LSU lineman? I must. want well, have...
6: there's, there's a five-star lineman at LSU that hit the portal. Uh, I one.
0: I have. I mean, I'm sure everybody's trying to get him. I have not seen. I haven't seen any. Uh, anything that, that said, you know, that, that Auburn's expecting a visit from him, I guarantee. I can't imagine they wouldn't be contacting everybody who they think could help them. Um, but Absolutely. that's what we were talking about a while ago. You know, there are 2,000 guys that are in the portal now. Hmm. Um, maybe not. Maybe, yeah, I bet it is at least 2,000 that are in there right now. And they're more entering every day. And some can still do it all the way through Saturday. So we were talking about you've got to have a staff you talk. There are no holidays for these guys. They had better be ready. And the minute somebody goes in the portal, they better be getting a text. They better be getting some kind of contact saying, "Hey, we're you know we're we're watching. Uh, we, we we know you're in the portal. We'd love to have you consider us. You know something like that."
6: You're right. You're right. Uh, you know with these freshmen coming in next year, um, I mean we got a good stable of uh, freshmen at quarterback, receiver. And we always always have that at running back, and I just hope that we're really concentrating on on the trenches because for, since 2018, uh, especially on the offensive line, we we have just let it go and, let it, and year after year. I've heard, oh, so and sos coming back. We're going to have a good offensive line next year, and the same group of four or five, one or two gets gets you know gets graduates and leaves, and the other one takes his place, but nothing consistent about
0: it well i i think they're in better shape specter than than apparently you do i mean i think i think they're in better shape than a lot of people would realize i mean you look at you're talking uh,
6: about about in better shape since since the bowl game
0: no i'm talking in better shape right now than they were a year ago uh just just for the future i mean they've got some young guys in dylan senda the the freshman that that you know um was it spring with northwestern then transferred in tyler johnson is a big offensive lineman they really like connor lewis just going to be a sophomore this next year uh muskrat's got a couple of years they've got some young they've got some younger guys i think that have a chance of being pretty good if they they need to add more yeah there's no question but I believe they've got 15 or 16 scholarship offensive linemen right now. Now, there's no guarantee every one of those guys is going to still be here, so you better be looking to add better ones. So I'm with you that they yeah. need to improve, but I, I, I'm more concerned about the defensive line right now than I am the offensive line, to be frank with you. Yeah. Well,
6: like I said, both in the trenches, both sides needs improvement oh, really yeah. bad. But anyway, um, yeah, that's what I need to say. I'll, I'll catch you later, Bill. All right,
0: Specter. 3, 3, 4, 3, 2, 1, 13 90. I, I just think, I mean, on, on the defensive line, we've seen a couple of young guys go in the portal, mm-hmm. and and we, you've signed a couple of guys. You've got uh, um, T.J. Lindsey, and uh, who's who's the other um, defensive lineman that Auburn's got? Uh, they they've signed a few, a couple, but I really think they need to add some experience. On the defensive line, yeah, I think it would be great if
2: this uh, young man from Texas A and M uh, would decide to come because they've had a good D lineman at A and M. I'm telling you. Oh yeah,
0: no, no kidding. Malik Blockton, of course, right. uh, the the younger brother um, of Marcus Harris is is a signee, and then they've they've got Gage Keys, mm-hmm. the uh, the transfer in, but but they need more. I mean. Uh, yeah, as I looked at, it, I, I guess I've got 14 scholarship offensive linemen right now, and on the defensive front, three, 6 10. Mm. Uh, I I think they I think they need a few more. You'd like to have like to have at least a dozen there for right for three or four spots. Yes, no doubt. 1390. one thirteen ninety. That is the uh, drive hotline. Love for you to join in as we continue here on the Wednesday drive.
1: The so Opa like Sportsplex has. On The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into The Drive. 5:22 here on this Wednesday evening. Yeah, it's dark, wet, and cold. <laughs> I don't know. That's a great combination. Be careful if you're out and about. This is the this is the kind of weather when you're driving it. It can be very dangerous. You can't tell about slick spots on the road. Don, you were talking about this yeah. about. You know, uh, we were talking about it with with Tracy before we came on the air. I mean, it's it's diff, very difficult at night when the roads when the roads wet or a little wet. I mean, it's not that it's icy or anything, but it can really be slick. Yeah, and you can you, you
2: really have to be careful, especially with leaves too on the on
0: the roadway. Oh yeah, you
2: know, that's just like
0: a, uh, an oil slick. But yeah, just be careful out there. Hey, wanted to uh, let you know we have we've got a couple of uh, Tickets for Auburn women's basketball as the Tigers host Tennessee. We've talked about the Auburn men uh, opening up SEC play, as are the women. And they will get things underway hosting Tennessee Thursday night. That is a 7 o'clock tip from Neville Arena. And uh, it is an uh, autism awareness game in partnership with the Shooting to Change, which is a group promoting – uh, autism acceptance through athletics. Auburn's coaches and staff are going to be wearing special shoot to change T-shirts on the bench. Auburn 11 and two. They've won eight straight games. They have really uh, been playing very well. As uh, they they won uh, handily in their last ball game against North Alabama. Tennessee coming in. It is not it is not your uh, uh, your parents. Tennessee. Uh, they're 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 looking to get back. But Tennessee 7-5, and five, but they've won three straight heading into league play. So if you would like a couple of tickets to the Auburn-Tennessee women's basketball game on Thursday, that's tomorrow night. So, again, I keep thinking, I'm going to be caught up. I'm going to know what day it is. Today's Wednesday. That is tomorrow night. So if you'd like a couple of tickets to the Auburn-Tennessee game tomorrow night. Just call in, and Drew will uh, get you set up. In the meantime, let's get back to the uh, drive hotline, and Brett is up next. Hey, Brett.
8: Hey, Bill. Um, have you read or heard anything about how uh, Reed and, um, oh, my God, just got the guys, the three-named uh, fellow from junior college you played the other Bobby
0: Jameson, Travis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Quin uh, Yeah, um, I think. I, what you know, I know the coaches have liked uh, have liked Darren Reed uh, from the beginning. Um, Jamison Travis is a guy that came in late and needed to get into football playing shape, but I think Auburn could. You know, this could end up being a break for Auburn in that he didn't play in four games this year, so he's got an extra year of eligibility, and uh, he's a guy that uh you know i believe and and don i mean uh tell me you know sometimes we just project players i mean he's a guy i think can can play the nose or the three technique uh and 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 those guys really valuable
2: yeah uh anytime you can get you know like you said a young man to play both spots the zero nose or the three technique uh sometimes if you know you got a little different type guy at nose but that's kind of changed with what's going on with on the offensive side now so you know interchangeable that, that's a plus but normally in the old days the 3 technique was a little better athlete than the 0 right. which was a big strong pocket pusher but now th- those guys are interchangeable and him being able to come in and get a year under his belt not be you know be able to i guess redshirt basically and get in the weight room, get good nutrition. It's so much different than junior colleges because I coached at a junior college and I went to a junior college. It's not the same with the training or the nutrition. So I think
0: it's a plus that he did not play a lot. I think they like both of those guys, Brett. I mean, it's just – I still think that they need more. I mean – I guess that's yeah. just oh, uh, I guess that's just being greedy or remembering the good old days when Don yeah. or or Rodney would have a bunch of guys that yeah. they'd be able to put out there and play.
8: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with need more, but I, I was asking how did they have you heard how they graded out against I have Maryland?
0: Not, no, I have not of, seen that.
8: Okay. I had neither. I was looking. Okay.
0: Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, Brett. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety, and Keith is up next. Hey, Keith.
8: Hey, um, yeah, I was
0: just—I
8: heard that uh, Michigan averages recruiting around seventeen or so, and uh, I don't know if that's the truth, but uh, if it is, you know, what do you think the uh, the key to their success is? It just uh, recruiting the right players and training them up and keeping them, or what do you think it is?
2: Well, Keith, I think one thing is they've they've been very successful the last three years, so they're a national brand. You know, they beat Ohio State, I think, three years in a row. So kids that are good defensive linemen want to go to places where they're winning and got a chance to you know contribute. And they do do a good job on defense. Uh, I, I was very impressed with their front. They got after Alabama from. The first snap the other night, so I think it's a combination of them being, a, uh, you know having a winning program right now, being on top, getting a lot of good publicity about their defensive line. Let, let me
0: th- and, and here's something. This may, sound, uh, this may sound a little odd, but I think at times, uh, some of the players that, that get recruited in the Midwest may get underrated a little bit. They, they may not be as uh, flashy, or they may not uh, be able to get to as many camps. In the South, that a lot of other players get to, and so their players would be ranked in the top two or three hundred. They may not be ranked in the top hundred, but it's hard for me to look at Michigan and and say, "Oh, that team doesn't have any talent. They're just being coached up."
8: Yeah, they they look like they're uh, really in tune with each other, uh, and they're playing well. Uh, I, I, that Harbaugh, he, he seems like he's a. Kind of a He's a strange character guard. but he
0: is a heck of a coach. He really yes, is. he
8: is. And um the other thing is like uh our, our quarterback, you know, at Michigan State, he uh I think they said he that he threw for around 6500 yards while he was at Michigan. Yeah, it was, it was around
0: 6000. It was over 3000 one year and a little under at the other year.
8: And that being said, you know, we we did have uh receivers that came in, you know, a lot of them were from smaller colleges and stuff, but uh, that had a lot of yards under their belt. And um, I'm just wondering, uh, you know, do you, you think that they just is, – is it just the difference in the offense? Is it uh, the offense needs to be fine-tuned that much where it's just not in sync or –
0: uh, what do you think it is? Well, I wish I wish I knew the simple answer to that. I think it's a combination of, of of a few things. I think still and as crazy as this sounds, I think the fact that Peyton Thorne was not able to go through spring last year and start we, we were talking about chemistry a little while ago. And I think it's very important for the for the quarterback to go through the spring. It's very unusual to have a successful quarterback who isn't uh you know, hasn't been around to to really not only get the system, but build that chemistry with the receivers and with the rest of the team. And then, you know, you had receivers that weren't here in the spring that came in. And you added you added some of those guys in. Some of those had come from completely different offenses and uh, were used to just sort of freelancing a little bit, running around till they were open and uh, not playing against maybe the best secondaries or defenses. And so, um, you know, just... Uh, being able to be wide open and have the ball come to them. I think it's a combination of quite a few things.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, Bill. And the the main thing you mentioned is the competition level. Uh, The defenses in the SEC are a lot different, even in the Big Ten, because, you know, I was at Purdue for a year. It's a different animal in the SEC with speed, even though Mm -hmm. I know that Ohio State and Michigan, they're exceptions. But the rest of the league, they don't have the secondaries
0: that – are the team's defensive speed, especially the D linemen. Yeah, usually they're linemen. That's the yes. thing. That's what's always been the big difference when you look at the SEC compared to uh, the teams from, from up north. Usually uh, they're going to have big guys, but they're usually big, slow guys. Right. Right. Well,
8: uh, all right, I appreciate y'all taking
0: my call. Hey, good call, Keith. Appreciate it. Thank you. It. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Plenty of time for you to join in. It's Bill and Don here on the Wednesday Drive.
1: With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into The Drive. Final 20 minutes or so here on this Wednesday evening. Bill and Coach Don Dunn, love for you to join in. Anything on your mind, sports-wise. Again, we have a couple of tickets for the Auburn-Tennessee women's basketball game tomorrow night over at Neville Arena. If you're interested, just call in, and uh, Drew will get them to you. We will. Uh, these, these are actually physical tickets. That's so unusual. I mean, uh, just about everything is is digital now. All yeah. all your all the tickets are electronic. We we had some folks uh, that could not locate the tickets on their phone up at up in Nashville on Saturday, and wow. that's. I mean, you always think, well, how handy it is because you've always got your phone. But you know how easy it is to, to delete something on your phone. Oh yeah, uh, I think that may have been what happened. They got in. <laughs> it wasn't uh, wasn't terrible, but I mean, still, um, so. If you'd like tickets to the Auburn-Tennessee game tomorrow night, 334-321-1390. That is the drive hotline. Love to hear from you, anything you want to talk about sports-wise. Uh, all right, Don, we just sort of briefly talked about the games. Just love to get your thoughts on those semifinal games the other day. The Let's start with Alabama-Michigan.
2: Yeah, I uh, was really impressed early with Michigan's defense. And then, you know, didn't, it, it didn't seem like the quarterback had any time at all for Alabama early. Then it kind of switched the,
0: the muff punt. First, yeah, first half felt like Michigan was in control. The only thing was the, the muff punt is, right. is what kept Alabama in right. the game. And
2: then I thought in the third quarter, Alabama pretty much dominated. And I thought it was probably going to be their victory. And then they kind of, you know, they fumbled. And then Michigan – overtime just ran it up their gut and then i know there was a bad snap on the last play of the game but i just kind of questioned that call i mean it's easy for me to be sitting you know in my living room (laughs) you know got all the answers but uh it broke down so quickly i mean and i think you know it might have been the right call if the snap would have been you know high enough but you never know but give michigan credit which i you know not a big fan of that guy but anyway he then is the, a he is an
0: odd <laughs> character. Well, isn't you know, he?
2: his dad was at Western Kentucky. Oh, his dad S- al- I mean,
0: program. His his dad a great. I mean, that is a an unbelievable family. coaching family.
2: Right. And I give them credit; they saved the football program at Western Kentucky. It was one vote, but canceling football. Wow! And he he gave his own money. They got equipment from the NFL, which nobody knows about, and donated. That was Jack. Both, is that his? Yeah. Day? And then the, the two brothers. And uh or the two sons and yeah, Jim and John. Yeah. And uh so their names on the, the big side of the stadium, which it should be the Jack and uh, I forgot his wife's name's uh Harbaugh Club. So I'm very appreciative of that. And then the second game, you know, I didn't watch all of it, but man, what a track meet! And I was shocked that Washington won that game. I, if I, was I did man, not
0: appreciate Michael Penix, yeah, uh, nearly as yeah. much as I should have. He, the yeah. ball, he gets rid of the ball. I mean, it's like you see a lot of quarterbacks, even even some of the great ones, have a little wind up, you know. As they're coming back, I mean the ball it's like a, it's like one of the, the best catchers you've ever seen releasing the ball it's like it's up and it's out right and, I, it, and it is a, a tight rope, rope. I, I heard
2: today on the, one of the ESPN shows coming home from countries uh, that they timed it at 71 miles an hour now that you know baseball. 90 miles, but a football.
0: Seven, a, 71 miles an hour is, unbelievable. Is, is tough for you or me to hit yeah, in baseball, I, much less catch a football. Yeah, but I was shocked that they won. I thought Texas,
2: Texas would be more physical in the trenches. and But, you know, give credit to, to Washington. And I do have a very good friend that's a receiver coach at Washington,
0: which they have great receivers. So it's going to be an interesting game. Well, I heard someone today say that Washington – is the most physical finesse team they've ever seen because that's what people call them finesse but uh, boy their coach Calen DeBoer I mean had he's he's got an unbelievable record yeah what is it now like 104 and 11 or something yeah, for his career
2: and, and I think he came up through the ranks he hasn't always been in a you know big time quote
0: division 1 program so he can coach no he won national championships yeah. at the uh, smaller school level, and obviously knows what it takes. It is yep. it is carried a lot of times. You'll you'll hear people go, "Well, that's only going to work at one level." Um, I mean, football's football. Yeah, uh, if you can coach, motivate the
2: players, and it's so much, you know, getting your players to play hard. That's why I think uh, Auburn's basketball team is so good because they play hard. Yes, they the do. Coach gets them to play hard, and if if they don't play hard. You know, you've seen the results. We saw it in the Music City Bowl, and for whatever reason, but uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game Monday night. I've got to go. I got to be for Washington because of my buddy out there, and I, I don't think I could take it if Michigan. <laughs> I,
0: well, I don't know a whole lot of. I don't know a whole lot of folks that are pulling for Michigan. Michigan is good, though. They're, yeah, they're they're, they're better uh, for all. You know, a lot of the year. I mean, there were there were different reasons. To uh to, to to be down on Michigan. I mean, you got a coach that's suspended for the first three games, he gets suspended for the last three games. Yeah. And their schedule looked like, man, very a, average. you know, piece of cake. Yeah. So I mean, it was like, well, they haven't played anybody, they haven't right. beaten anybody, and now they have. Yeah. I they, mean
2: they deserve to be there, and uh
0: it should be a fun game. Um should... It is it is it is boy, I mean You have two completely different styles and dynamics. I mean, even though Washington is not just finesse, I mean, Washington is much more – I mean, they're going to – they can really fling it. And he's got some – man, he's got some good receivers. Yeah. Boy, I was impressed with some of the catches those guys made. I mean – They're very good. I mean, Pennix could could get the ball through very, very tight windows – but it's still not an easy catch with that ball coming in like that. I know it's. I don't know how they catch them coming that fast. Yeah, so but it I, should be a great game, and
2: uh, it'd be hard to believe it'll be over. You know, Tuesday morning we won't have any more college
0: football. Golly, that's then crazy. we'll be miserable. Yeah, we've got. When is it? Let's see. Uh, when's the Senior Bowl?
2: I think next week.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was next weekend. Um, so, so we'll we'll have uh, you know that that'll be the last time you get to see some of the college guys. You've got one all America game going on right now. High school all America game going on right now. I just saw a, I believe there've been two pick sixes in this ball game for the, uh, for the fire. And I think the ice just had a fumble return for a touchdown. So, I mean, and that's one of the things that can happen in these all-star games is, you know, it can get a little sloppy at times because these kids have only been practicing together for a few days. Right. It's, it's, it's usually just a, a
2: a crap shoot uh usually your better athletes are gonna win and, and turnovers are gonna like you said play a major part in these all-star games and the kicking game which
0: you know our guys must be doing well yeah Towns magoo uh with a field goal early and i uh i would imagine they kicked the extra point it was 39 to 3 when that touchdown scored so 39 10 is what it should be they're they're approaching the midpoint of the fourth quarter so I, I think it's fairly uh, uh, it's, it's fairly comfortable to say that that ice is going to uh, going to win this ball game but the hey the main thing I don't know how how you feel about that Don one of the things as a As a fan through the years watching this, you want to see the guys that are headed to your school do well. Right. But, boy, you just want to
2: make sure they come out of this healthy. Yeah, that's always a a worry. And a lot of them opt out of these games as they used to. And uh, you just hope they don't get hurt. Hope they have a great experience and have a good game. And and it's it's an honor to be selected in these national all-star games, believe me. And uh, on that point, uh, talking about staffs and things – This weekend starts the football coaches' meetings or convention, and it's in Nashville this year. Oh, is that right? So that's where a lot of things get done or used to get done. Oh, you're not kidding. You talk about uh, – got guys looking for jobs. you got guys wanting jobs, not having jobs. Uh, And um, I went to quite a few of them, but the last couple of years I went fishing with uh, Coach Nall, (laughs) and uh, I just couldn't – I mean, it was so depressing to go there – and see these guys that did not have jobs and and then finally I had to go when I didn't have a job so it oh, was man. it was an experience
0: I mean I've heard stories about yeah. you know about that and I mean obviously there's there's a lot of uh um you know meeting and and job interviewing and things that go on there and, yeah. and we we were talking about it earlier I mean because we don't know the the status of of Auburn or Really, anybody's Anybody. staff right now. I mean, you saw the wide receivers coach at Alabama go to Texas A and M yesterday, and uh, uh, we'll see the direction that Alabama goes for that. Um, it's it's that time. I mean, we we're, we've talked about that last play for Alabama mm-hmm. today. I mean, I heard an awful lot of Alabama fans on different call-in shows. Questioning the offensive coordinator for that call. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. of course, two you don't weeks,
2: know. Two weeks ago, he was the greatest. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, but one other thing. About well, if they that, don't convert fourth and thirty-one, I wonder how great. Ooh, I wonder yeah, how great they yeah, think he is. Yeah, no kidding. But you know, got to be lucky, and they were to to beat us. But anyway, um, yeah, this convention. In the old days, they would tell me, "Okay, coach wants the head coach wants to meet you up in his room at four o'clock. You get up there with your little resume, and it'd be ten other guys waiting to go in."
0: It, oh man! Oh, it's crazy. I, I'd love, and now see, it, I'd love to see something like that. That that reminds me of the things you see on, you know, on TV and in the movies about other job interviews, where right. you know where people are when everybody's going in. I'd love to. I'd love to see that depicted somewhere. On uh, you know, we've got hard knocks. You've got things right. like that. I think that'd yeah. be yeah. that'd be
2: cool to see. Very few times did you ever come away with a job from the convention, but what you did do, you made connections. You're, that's absolutely and, right. And you 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 know you ran into other guys. You'd see old buddies, and they might have a tip or tell you. But uh, everyone's networking. While, right. That's well, what it it's is. Exactly. That's what it's got. Exactly I was trying right. to think of the term. there. I couldn't think of it either. But sometimes a head coach like Coach Freeze might say, OK, I'm going to see you at the convention and talk to you. Uh, you know, it saves on travel.
0: Oh, yeah. And it saves on. It also keeps the keeps everybody else from knowing exactly. who you might be interviewing, right. because it's not good for an assistant um for for people to find out that that he might be yeah. looking at other spots and I've had coaches
2: tell me uh, you know I, I, I'm happy for you but you better get it you better get that job
0: that's right if you don't they you find don't out. Have one here <laughs> uh, and that's not just in uh, that, that's, that's not everything. just in coaching yeah. oh yeah <laughs> hey we'll get to our final break of the afternoon Mitch hang on you're up when we come back here on the Wednesday drive
5: at Reynolds outdoors.